listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer in. and leader in chat radio. Having people listen to this broadcast and refer the broadcast to your friends and neighbors and relatives because uh, we all archive all the shows. I'm broadcasting live right now, but we archive these shows. So people can listen to them basically anytime they want. And that's where, in fact, a lot of my listeners come from. They listen later in the week or they listen next week. And this is important because we are right now looking for sponsors for this show. Uh, I'm no longer the executive director of the United States Justice Foundation. I had only planned to fill that position for a year or two and ended up working for four and a half years. And then they found one body that was willing to move to the state of California, and which I was not willing to do, and to become executive director. So I have, I'm going on with other things, and I'm going to be posting an article on my blog later this week or over the weekend talking about my new endeavors. But since the United States Justice Foundation was the sponsor of this show, uh, they can no longer do that. So they... Uh, have us looking for another sponsor, or two, or three, and uh, believe me, you can get a good deal. You can contact me about get information, or you can go directly to America's Web Radio and contact uh, the owner and producer, David Moxley, and talk to him about what kind of deal you can get on being involved in keeping the show going. Because I think it's important to reach a lot of people. I mean, we get a lot of comments on the show, and uh, we talk about important subjects. And today, I'm going to start off by talking about something that happened 40 years ago. I uh, was a young lawyer practicing in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I graduated of LSU and the LSU Law School. I was also, at that point, a first lieutenant in military intelligence in the Army Reserve, and Jimmy Carter was president of the United States, and he was pushing for the SALT II Treaty to be ratified. I was working with a group called the American Security Council, which was made up mostly of retired military people, or some people in the reserves like myself, people who, and nuclear scientists, who knew the danger of the SALT II Treaty. We had definitive proof that the SALT I Treaty had been violated by the Russians repeatedly, ICBMs that they supposedly were required to destroy had not been destroyed. They had been put on uh, mobile vehicles and were being moved around the country to various locations where they could still strike the United States. We also knew from intelligence we had gathered that the Russians were planning on violating SALT II if it passed, and within a couple of years, some high-ranking Russian generals actually had laid out a plan for attacking the United States with nuclear weapons. And under their plan, they had decided the acceptable casualties for the Russian people was like 30 million people, which, of course, no, no such thing was acceptable to the United States. But they figured if they hit us with a first strike, we would be able to come back with a second strike against them on a much smaller scale. And then... Our major cities would have been destroyed. Uh, our government would have been disrupted. 
and the, the Russians could basically move in. I sort of did a scenario like this in my patriotic novel that I published a few years ago called Amigali, A Story of America. And it involved the Chinese uh, primarily and to some extent the Russians, but it involved us being hit by a nuclear strike, which is still not beyond the realm of possibility. But we were looking at a real possibility of something happening within a few years. Now, there was going to be a debate, actually a panel discussion, about SALT II at LSU. And it was being sponsored by a pro-SALT II group, a pro-Jimmy Carter group. And basically nobody opposing the treaty was had been invited to be on the panel. Well, the head of the civil engineering department at uh, LSU was a good friend of mine and had been an advisor for the Young Americans for Freedom when I was chapter chairman of LSU and then state chairman for Louisiana and then ultimately national secretary. And uh, he demanded that I be put on that panel. So ultimately they relented and they figured I would be on the panel and be ineffective and they wouldn't know what I was talking about and be overwhelmed by the opposition. Well, what got really interesting was they had a dinner in the LSU Union for all the panel members before the debate actually started. And one of the people who was there to speak in favor of SALT II was the consul from the Russian consul in New Orleans. He was a cultural attaché. Now, I found out who this person was, and I knew cultural attache at a consulate anywhere in the world was actually the chief KGB agent for that country, wherever they were stationed, or for that area of the country. In this case, it was out of New Orleans. And so I used my intelligence contacts to find out about this guy. And we sat there, just happened to be sitting next to each other during dinner, and he started pumping me for information. Because, uh, he apparently knew I was an Army Reserve member, and he was pumping me for all kinds of information, and I was answering his questions with complete BS, feeding him all types of wrong information. He knew that's what was happening. I knew what he was doing. He knew what I was doing. And I finally turned to him, and I said, how long have you been a member of the KGB? And he bristled. I'm not KGB. And I said, come on, I've seen your file. I've read about you. I know who you are. And he says, well, I've seen your file, too, and I know who you are. You're First Lieutenant of Military Intelligence, Army Security Agency. And I said, said nothing, basically. And we looked at each other for a minute. And, and finally, this young KGB agent, about my age or a little older at that point, I said, oh, hell, let's talk about baseball. And we both laughed. And he was a Chicago Cubs fan. I was a Houston Astro fan. So basically, we talked about baseball. Now, I went on to lead a group of people to meet with Senator Russell Long, who at that point was a pivotal vote on the SALT II Treaty. He was a senior citizen, uh, senator from Louisiana, and he was very powerful in the Senate. And we knew that the junior senator, Bennett Johnson, also a Democrat from Louisiana, would vote the way that Russell Long voted. And there were at least three or four, probably half a dozen other senators 
that would go with Russell Long if he decided to oppose the treaty, and that would kill the treaty. So I took a select group of individuals, and I'm not going to give out the names because I, I don't know if any of them are still alive, but one was a top U.S. nuclear scientist. One was a high-level defector from the Soviet Union who knew where all the bodies were buried, knew where their nuclear weapons had been hidden, the ones that were hidden during uh, SALT-1. And we sat down with Senator Long, and we told him not only what the Russians had done up to this point, but what they planned to do if SALT-2 was adopted. Now, this is back in the days where Russell Long was a Democrat, I was a Republican, and we sometimes tangle. I tangle with one of his people on legislation, the Louisiana State Legislature, on bills that he was in favor of. And so we had never even met personally, but we had tangled uh, with, with each other's people. And so he knew me, and I knew him by reputation, and I knew that he would do, I thought, what was best for the country not what was best for Jimmy Carter or the far left or the Democrats in Congress. After the meeting, shortly after the meeting with Russell Long, and he basically looked at me during the course of the meeting after we gave him a lot of information, he looked at me and says, Mike, do you believe this is true? And I said, yes, Senator, I do. He nodded his head like that was good enough for him. And within 24 hours, he came out and opposed the treaty, so did a number of other senators, followed suit, and the treaty was withdrawn. The treaty was never passed. Now, did we save the world from nuclear war? I don't know. I can never be sure. But I think there's a good possibility of that. Now, here's the reason for me telling you this story, though. We need to fast forward 40 years to what's happening now, and that's the investigation of a Russian connection to the Trump campaign and how far-fetched they are getting. They're now looking at Paul Manafort, who at one time was the Trump campaign manager and resigned because of the fact that he had worked with a, a, uh, as a consultant for a Russian group and that was trying to influence the outcome of elections in the Ukraine. He resigned, but now they're saying, well, he knew somebody in the Russian government who had bank accounts in Cyprus, and he also had a bank account in Cyprus for his business. No known connection between the two bank accounts, no passing back and forth of money. But this is how far-fetched they're getting. The Democrats and the national news media, and, I, you know, Shepard Smith, I try to avoid listening to his program, but lately I've been watching it just to see his take on all this. And Shepard Smith basically believes in all the conspiracy theories about Donald Trump and the Russians. And... So I'm thinking of contacting Shepard Smith and saying, look, I'm going to tell him about that meeting I had with a KGB agent 40 years ago. And he will probably come on the air and broadcast it because, well, I didn't support Donald Trump initially for president. I supported, uh, very quietly supported because I couldn't do it as executive director of the United States Justice Foundation. I supported uh, somebody else. But I ended up voting for Donald Trump. And I believe in a lot of things that Donald Trump's trying to do. But according to the philosophy being laid out by the far left in the media and in Congress, the fact that I've for Donald Trump 
and one time, four years ago, had a had dinner with a KGB agent. Means that Donald Trump campaign is somehow tied to the old Russian KGB. Excuse me. Sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Well, look at what they're talking about. I mean, Shepard Smith basically spends all of his show not dealing with news. And it's called a Shepard Smith News Desk, Fox News Desk. But he didn't deal with news. He deals with his opinion. And he spends virtually all of his shows accusing Donald Trump and anybody associated with Donald Trump, anybody who's ever been associated with Donald Trump, of being liars, being connected to the Russians, being part of some, some kind of vast conspiracy. my deliveries from, or I say, to my knowledge, they've always come FedEx. And this is the way they're playing the game. This is what they're doing. They're being absolutely absurd and ridiculous, and they're trying desperately to keep Donald Trump from having an effective presidency. And they're putting up all kinds of roadblocks to Trump. Did the Russians interfere in our election? I think they did. We'll talk more about that after this break. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. This is Skip Coriel, host of the Home Defense Show on America's Web Radio. Join me every week as we explore all aspects of home and family defense as we strive to defend the ones we love in an ever-changing and volatile world. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So did the Russians try to interfere in the election in this country? Absolutely. 
They've been trying to interfere for years in the election of this country. They've tried to interfere and successfully done so in some other countries. Was that interference responsible for Hillary Clinton being defeated? No, Hillary Clinton was responsible for Hillary Clinton being defeated. And the fact that Donald Trump ran a campaign that was geared towards the American people and what the American people truly wanted and what they were looking for. They were angry at the establishment in Washington, still are, and they're looking for Donald Trump to do something. Remember, when Obama was president, he launched massive interference by the United States in several elections around the world, including most significantly in Israel. He hated Netanyahu because Netanyahu didn't, wouldn't do what Obama wanted him to do, wouldn't accept what Obama wanted to do, particularly with the Iranian deal and other things, wouldn't surrender to the Palestinians. So Obama wanted him out. So not only did Obama send campaign operatives to Israel to help opposition candidates, he used millions of dollars in American taxpayer money to finance these opposition groups. Was there an outcry from the left-wing media? No, it was never mentioned. Was there an outcry from Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, any Democrat in Congress for that matter? No, there wasn't. That was all right. It was okay for Obama to not only meddle in a foreign election, but to supply millions of dollars in money to help try to buy that election for the opposition. And that was okay, because that furthered the left-wing agenda. But now, all of a sudden, the fact that the Russians tried to meddle in our election, but there's no indication that they gave money to the Trump campaign or to any campaign. There's no indication that they had any direct contacts with the Trump campaign. Yet, this is what's being put forth. It's being put forth by liberal commentators and the far-left media, which is their hatred of Donald Trump and anybody on the right, anybody who supported Donald Trump, anybody who voted for Donald Trump, their hatred knows, knows no bounds. They want to destroy the Trump presidency, and that lead, would lead to their ultimate goal, which they would have, which they tried to succeed at while Obama was in office, and would have if people hadn't revolted and elected Republicans and put them in control of the House of Representatives and ultimately the Senate. But they want to destroy our constitutional republic, and they will do anything that they have to do to bring that about. I mean, you have Chris Matthews, who is a far-left commentator, who comes out and compares the Trump children to Saddam Hussein's sons, who were brutal murderers, and he says he fears the Trump children are the same thing. That's absurd. That's just as absurd as... Shepard Smith coming out, and he could possibly do this, 
and saying that, well, the Trump campaign was connected to the KGB because somebody who voted for Donald Trump and is involved in politics four years ago met with a KGB agent. That's how ridiculous this has gotten. That's how far they're carrying it. What's not being really looked at at this point is the surveillance of members of the Trump campaign and then the transition team after he'd been elected and incidental surveillance, according to Chairman Nunes, but then the unmasking of the names of the Americans who were caught up in this incidental surveillance, which is absolutely illegal and a felony. Most of the national news media seems totally unconcerned about that. They're more concerned with the fact that Nunes didn't do what the Democrats on the House committee wanted him to do when he came forward and said that he he went to the White House and provided the White House with information that he had gotten from a confidential source that indicated that this unmasking had occurred, that there had been surveillance, although we don't know by who yet, there had been surveillance, electronic surveillance of the Trump transition team. If that is true, that is a scandal far bigger than Watergate ever was. And particularly if Obama was involved in either ordering it or knew it was happening and did nothing to stop it. So now the Democrats on the far left and and Shepard Smith, the village idiot for Fox News, he continues to call for Nunes to step down. (coughs) Excuse me. Or at least recuse himself from the Russian investigation. Which effectively means they don't want any investigation of the surveillance. They just want to push the Russian aspect of this to the max.
Yeah, hold on a second. Okay, Michael, you there? Yep. Okay, it's yours. Well, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, we got cut off. Of course, we're, we're in Texas, and we've had some really bad weather here in the last few days. And right now, where I am, it's fairly clear, but that doesn't mean that okay, uh, there's bad stuff not far from me. In any case, we were talking about the the so-called Russian connection to the Trump campaign, the fact that there's no proof about that. There's just allegations and uh, claims that the Republican chairman of the Intelligence Committee, House Intelligence Committee, should step down or refuse himself because he dared to meet yeah. in secret with somebody who provided him with top-secret information. See, here's the problem. He has clearance to receive that information. Many members of his committee, both Republicans and Democrats, do not have clearance to receive that information. Nunez had to get that information in secret. He went to the White House. And when, he say, when I say White House, the media always refers to it as, he went to the White House. No, he didn't step foot in the White House. He was on the White House grounds. And he met with somebody whose name he will not reveal and cannot reveal legally. And he got this information. And it seems to vindicate some of what Donald Trump said about the fact that his team was under surveillance. So there should be more investigation of this. And Shepard Smith ought to keep his mouth shut. Like I said, all he does is spend most of every hour he's on the air calling Donald Trump a liar, calling Donald Trump's kids liars, calling Republicans in Congress liars, calling anybody who ever, ever disagreed with him, and I'm saying with yeah, Shepard Smith, a liar. I appreciate you doing that. And we, I may start going back after. And so calling do you all anybody who ever voted for Donald Trump a liar. So I guess it makes me a liar, so be it. I don't care what Shepard Smith thinks of me. I just wish he'd go away. But let's go on to another topic, and this one's extremely important, and that is the illegal immigration in this country. Now listen to that, what I just said. I said illegal immigration. Okay, I will, uh, I'll also you. use the term uh, illegal aliens. Because the illegal aliens are what they are. They have entered our country illegally. They have violated our law. Therefore, they have committed a crime. So this nonsense coming out about, well, these are poor innocent people who have never done anything wrong. And if they've committed a crime... Well, such as rape or murder, we're still going to protect them. To get a hold but those who haven't committed a felony, just maybe some misdemeanors, be back with you. Thanks. should not be deported. They have committed a crime. They have broken our laws by the very fact that they have crossed our border and entered this country illegally. Now we have a bunch of sanctuary city mayors 
meeting with the likes of the ACLU, <clears throat> the American Civil Liberties Union, which has no respect for any civil liberties at all. Their idea of civil liberties is doing whatever the left wants to do to try to bring this country down and disarm American citizens and shut the rest of us up. Let's take our second break now. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Well, you have these groups like the ACLU meeting with the mayors of cities and members of liberal legislators around the country, and even in some cases governor, that want to have their states declared sanctuary states. And their primary focus is not on the safety of the American citizens they were elected to protect. It is on promoting the safety of criminals. And when I say criminals, I include everybody who's in this country illegally because they are, in fact, criminals. It is absurd for these leftists to be saying, well, they can't be deported as criminals because they haven't yet raped or killed anybody. And even if that happens, we're going to try to protect them as much as we can. And if they are do have to serve time and are deported and they come back in, that's okay, too. We're still going to protect them because everybody deserves a second chance. And every illegal alien deserves a second chance to commit a crime in this country, to murder or rape somebody, and then to come back in and do it all over again. That's their philosophy. That's what they're talking about. And then we've got these churches who are becoming sanctuaries for illegals. And, of course, there's tremendous opposition to building a wall to keep people out. Then we have the member of the Maryland legislature, or Massachusetts legislature, I should say, who has posted on her Facebook page information that today there might have been a a raid in the Boston area of uh, ICE agents looking to pick up illegals for deportation. 
And she warned these illegals to stay in their homes, don't go outside. Somebody knocks on your door and you don't know who it is, don't answer it. Don't cooperate in any way with federal authorities. In other words, she is urging people to continue to break the law. And she said, I saw her being interviewed. She thinks that's just fine. She should be arrested. Immediately arrested. And I'll tell you why. Because as a member of the state legislature, she took the same oath of office that I took as a member of the United States military that the President of the United States took when he was sworn in to be President. All members of Congress take this oath, all federal employees, all people in states around the country who are elected to a public office. And that oath is to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States does not in any way protect illegal aliens. It does not in any way protect criminals. It is supposed to protect the people of the United States. And that's the oath she took, to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States, and by implication, the people of the United States, the citizens of the United States, not some nefarious group of unvetted refugees from the Middle East who may be here to do us harm, or people who have illegally crossed our border from Mexico or Central American countries and are being treated better than our veterans are treated. I mean, understand that these people who are coming in this country illegally are basically being given, at least under the Obama administration, we're receiving free food, free housing, free public education, free medical care, And all after they committed the crime across the ground border. So the whole philosophy of these cities, sanctuary cities, is to protect criminals and put in danger our own citizens. Case in point. Two or three illegals from Central America, gang members, who were in this country and were deported, came back into the country to Houston, Texas, because that's a sanctuary city, and they knew they'd be safe there, and they were safe. So safe that they felt like they could go out and kidnap two teenage girls, keep them captive for weeks, rape them, and finally ritualistic, you know, satanic ritual, murder one of them, Where's been the outcry of the national news media? Well, stories hardly made any of the national news media. And then we have the Rockwell, Maryland situation. Rockwell, Maryland, a teenage girl, was raped in her own school, 14 years old, raped in her own school by two adult illegals who had been deported before, had come back in, and were scheduled to be deported again. But they had put, the school district had put them in a class of ninth graders. And they raped this 14-year-old girl. And the national news media, with the exception of Fox News, has almost totally ignored this story. Until the defense attorney for one of them came out and said, oh, well, this girl consented. 
That's been reported by some of the mainstream media. Oh, there's no story here because a 14-year-old consented to have sex with an adult male, two adult males. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but a 14-year-old cannot, under the law, consent to have sex with an adult. It's statutory rape, whichever way you look at it. If this had occurred on a campus when two white adult males had raped a 14-year-old girl, there would be a vicious outcry. It would be reported consistently, and there would be demands for prosecution of the two adult males. And that would have been right. But that's not what we're seeing in Rockwall, Maryland. What we're seeing is the massive attempt to say that the girl was at fault. She's an American citizen. These are illegal aliens. They're the good guys. So the girl's at fault. Now it's pushed in the state legislature, Maryland state legislature, to make Maryland a sanctuary city, or sanctuary state, I should say. That will probably pass, because you know the left, they don't care about protecting American citizens, they protect, they don't protect potential Democratic voters, people who they want to put on the fast track to be registered to vote. So that's who they want to protect. But the governor of Maryland, a Republican, says he's going to veto the bill. And hopefully they won't be able to override it. But speaking of voting, did you hear the story about Nebraska? The Democratic Party, Nebraska Democratic Party, gives out welcoming baskets to refugees coming into this country. And it doesn't matter if they're legal or illegal. They're welcomed with gift baskets. And that includes diapers for children and food and all kinds of stuff. Also included in each of those baskets is a voter registration form. And they are apparently being encouraged to fill out that form and turn it into the Democratic Party, which will then register them to vote. Now, how many laws does that break? Number one, the illegals, they're illegals are breaking the law by being in this country. If they're, in fact, refugees and have been allowed in this country legally, they don't have any right to vote. They have to go through the process, which will take at least a couple of years, of becoming a U.S. citizen, a naturalized U.S. citizen. Only then can they vote. Yet the Democrats in Nebraska, and I'm sure this is fallout in parts of other parts of the country, are trying to get these people to register to vote illegally, basically the day they set foot in the country. That's why there's a massive move to keep illegals in this country and to protect them, even if they've committed horrendous crimes, because they're Democratic voters, or at least potential Democratic voters. And the Democrats still can't believe they lost the last election. So they're doing everything they can to make sure they steal the next election. 
know they registered dead people. And we know that there were thousands of illegals that voted in California. Probably not the number Donald Trump claims, but thousands of them. If you'll recall before the election, a group did a survey of nine counties in Virginia. That was all they had time for before the election. And they found thousands of people who were illegal, illegally registered to vote in Virginia. Some were illegal immigrants. Some were dead. Some had moved out, moved out of state. But there were thousands, just nine counties. And then, you, of course, you had Terry McAuliffe, big ally of Hillary Clinton, come in and pardon 60,000 convicted felons just before the election. Doing it illegally, pardoning them and making sure they're registered to vote. And of course, Virginia went for Hillary. So this is the type of thing we're looking at out there. This is the type of disaster that we're facing. We have to continue to push our senators and our members of the House of Representatives to do what they were elected to do. And we also need to push some of the Democrats around the country to resist Chuck Schumer. Now, we have Neil Gorsuch coming up for nomination to the Supreme Court. Well, he's been nominated for confirmation of the Supreme Court. Confirming him is extremely important to the future of this country. Chuck Schumer, who foams at the mouth anytime anybody opposes anything he stands for, has decided to call for a filibuster, in which case the Republicans can't overcome it with some Democrat votes, and they will invoke the nuclear option, option which basically says that they could confirm him with 51 votes instead of 60. It's called for by the current Senate rules. Chuck Schumer says that's illegal, that's bad, they shouldn't do that. Yeah, when Obama's federal judge appointees to courts of appeal and district courts were being held up by the 60-vote rule because they couldn't get enough Republicans to nominate him, Harry Reid, with the full support of Chuck Schumer, invoked a nuclear option. And that those two levels of judges. The news media was all for that at the time. But the news media, national news media for the most part, is dead set against the Republicans doing exactly what the Democrats did. <clears throat> we need to make sure our Republican senators are willing to do that. We need to make sure that Mitch McConnell is willing to do that. Let's take our final break now. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. 
You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Today, I want to talk about something that I've been working on now for four years, over four years, and been warning about, and that's the confiscation of firearms from veterans in this country. And we now know that over 850,000 veterans have been affected. I broke this story over four years ago on my blog. It was picked up by some of the national news media, but heard by millions of Americans. As executive director of the United States Justice Foundation, I started representing some individual veterans and fighting this. And for those of you who don't recall what it was all about, the VA was sending letters to veterans saying, because of your physical or mental disabilities, we're going to declare you incompetent to handle your own financial affairs. In other words, handle their VA benefits. And we're going to appoint a fiduciary to represent you. And then once we do that, and by the way, there was no Fifth Amendment rights here. The burden of proof to prove that they were competent fell on the veterans. And the expense of doing it fell on the veterans. Many of them could not afford it. That's why we represent veterans for free. But then the veteran was told that because you've been declared incompetent, you can no longer own, purchase, possess, or transport firearms or ammunition. If you do, you're guilty of a felony. Then the veterans' names were put on the NICS list, National Instant Criminal Background Checklist, which if you go to legally buy a firearm in this country, you have to fill out a form, and that form is sent to the FBI to check and make sure you're not on that list. The category for being on that list or being a convicted felon or having been adjudicated to be mentally incompetent to the point of being a danger to yourself or others. Adjudication means a hearing. But after we obtained by court order, we sued and got the VA to turn over a memorandum between the VA and the FBI where basically the FBI said, this was under Obama, said, we're not going to adjudicate anything. You send us the names of these veterans. We will put them on the list of people who are mentally dis- disabled and potentially a danger to themselves or others without any adjudication, without any hearing, without any recourse. It turns out that even after we would win on behalf of a veteran and get the incompetency ruling reversed, the FBI would not voluntarily remove that person from the next list. We've been fighting this for years. 
twice the United States Senate, there was legislation introduced in the United States Senate to overturn this, and it was defeated both times. This was all the Democrats still control the Senate, even after they didn't. Uh, they started to introduce the legislation again. Some of the Republicans had realized that Obama was in office. It was going to be vetoed, and they didn't have the most override veto. About two years ago, I started pointing out that the federal government was making a move to use the same criteria and the same actions to disarm senior citizens in this country. I was basically told, no, that's ridiculous, that's not going to happen. Then the Los Angeles Times, hardly a bastion of conservative thought, came out with the same story. And shortly thereafter, the Social Security Administration admitted, responding to an inquiry of members of Congress, that they were doing exactly the same thing as senior citizens. Well, after Trump was elected president, and the Republicans maintained control of both houses of Congress, they have finally moved in the House of Representatives. Based on a lot of, of what the work I did and the work others did assisting me. The House has passed legislation reversing, prohibiting the Social Security Administration from doing this, from disarming people, and prohibiting the VA from disarming people and the VA and the FBI from putting people on the NICS list who don't belong there. Both houses of Congress have passed this. I mean, both, both bills have passed in the House of Representatives. They are in the Senate, and I'm afraid they're being held up in the Senate, because I've heard nothing to indicate they're moving forward with these bills. You have to contact your senator right now and ask them, number one, are they supporting this legislation, and number two, if they are, to push it forward. Let's make a big deal out of this, because it is a big deal. 850,000 veterans have been illegally disarmed in this country, have lost their constitutional rights. And if the Democrats are fine with this, then their constituents need to know about it, particularly in those states where Democrats are coming up for re-election in 2018 in states that were carried by Donald Trump. States like North Dakota, Montana, Missouri. The senators, the Democratic senators from those states will not support the constitutional rights of veterans and senior citizens. Then the American public needs to know about that. And I'm going to be soon addressing that issue on a new blog article that I will be sending out. I'm also going to be addressing the issue of where I'm going with my new groups that I'm, group that I'm forming. But one of the things I'm going to continue to work on is this issue of Second Amendment. It couldn't be more important to me. It should be very important to you. Please read my blog. Go to www.michaelconnelly.jigsy.com or you can access the, the blog through the show page for this show, Our Constitution, on America's Web Radio. And help me get the word out. 
in my blog on other people posted. I always send out, if you're on my email list, all you have to do to get on my email list is send me an email at mrobertc, letter M, then Robert, R-O-B-E-R-T, and letter C at hotmail.com. And I will put you on the list so you'll be notified anytime I post a new blog article. That's all you'll get from me. You won't get forwards. You won't get uh, appeals to fun groups out there. You'll get notices of my blog articles. And I always enclose with that email a copy attached to the email so that people can take the article and repost it, put it on Facebook. By the way, I have been posting my articles on Facebook for several years. Now all of a sudden Facebook is blocking most of my friends on Facebook, which number almost 2,000. Most of the people on Facebook are being blocked from receiving notice or even being able to read these new articles. Facebook is going all out when the left wing attack on me, which indicates that I'm doing something right. As is Amazon. Amazon has removed not only my most recent patriotic novel, The Rag, has removed it as an e-book. It's still there's a paperback and hard copy. But now that they removed it, they've also removed my book about my dad's unit during World War II, The Mortarman, as an e-book. And they have removed my other patriotic novel, Amelia, Story of America, as an e-book. And they're claiming they did this because it's a copyright infringement for my name, Michael Connolly, to be the same as the mystery author. Well, that's absolute bull, because under federal law, you cannot copyright an individual's name. This is strictly a political action by Amazon and by Facebook, who are doubling down on trying to silence conservatives. So I need for you to do part, you do your part, and help me get the word out. If you haven't already ordered a copy of my booklet, Our Constitution, you can do that through my website, or you can do it through the website www.constitution.jigley.com. You can also follow me on LinkedIn, and you can be a friend of mine on Facebook. I don't know that you'll get copies of the articles on Facebook, but as I said, if you want a copy of each of the articles, be notified when I post them. Just send me an email, and I'll put you on that email list, which is strictly confidential. Nobody else has access to that list except me. We have a lot of work to do in this country. A lot of people thought, well, we won the election. Republicans now control both houses of Congress and the presidency, but we do not yet control the Supreme Court. And so far, Republicans in Congress have not been able to get their act together and do some of the things that need to be done. It's going to be up to us to provide the pressure on members of Congress to do what they were elected to do. And that pressure must come from you 
from your friends and relatives. So join with me. Keep listening to this show, getting other people to listen to the show. And let's keep after it. We cannot afford to let our guard down. There's still too much to be done. Thank you for listening in. I look forward to talking to you again next week.